You want to make mom smile this Mother's Day? You can start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brands she loves delivered the very same day with DoorDash. Wow, that's a great idea. Moms are such a gift to us and we should treat them the same way with gifts, especially on Mother's Day. I didn't know DoorDash was doing that. That's exceptional. If your mom has a sweet tooth or if she's a tech enthusiast, beauty connoisseur, if she's outdoorsy, no matter what she's into, you can make her smile with a fruit or flower bouquet, makeup, tech gear, workout wear, and more, all deliverable through DoorDash. Get all your Mother's Day gifts all in one place and get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 or more on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with code THEO. That's T-H-E-O. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Ridge Wallet. Sometimes you you find yourself in a pasture. Sometimes you find yourself on a plane or on a ledge. And sometimes you find yourself on a ridge. And that's what you need now. Maybe a ridge for yourself or a ridge for a loved one. Ridge is that front pocket carry. It's a wallet, but it's for the front. It's that perfect rectangular piece that really... You know, you put your credit cards in there, put your ID in there and your money in there and get specific. Quit carrying around erroneous stuff in an old-fashioned rear pocket carry. Some people in their wallet, you look in there, they got, they got, they got a little stick of gum and maybe a hotel key from a, um, from a, from a budget in somewhere off the, uh, off the interstate, off I-75. Don't be like that anymore. Get that front pocket carry from Ridge. They also have phone cases. They also have knives. Visit RidgeWallet.com slash TPW and use code TPW at checkout for 10% off. That's code TPW for 10% off at RidgeWallet.com. Today's guest is one of America's most loved crossover comedians. Um, he has a podcast called Get Some. Uh, you may know him from Think Like a Man. Uh, he's a very funny guy and uh, I... I've run into him a couple times recently, and happy to have him here today, Mr. Gary Owen. Dude, no, but thank you for your patience, man. I'm sorry that I was late. I uh, went to a chiropractor, bro. Dude, you think you look like this just automatically, dog? My fault. I'm always, I always think chiropractors scare me because I think they'll fix the problem. Yeah. But then they'll also fuck up a, something <laughs> yeah. else and you come back, you know, like this. All right, my sixth vertebrae is great, but now this third one, and they just, yeah. I think they do it just a little bit. So we're going to give them eight months. Yeah. And then when he comes back, you know what I mean? And then they'll come up with something. Oh, you were hiking? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does it. Yeah, they kind of, yeah, they put something in your bones. Are we cruising, Nick? We are. Yeah, they put something in your bones that like, oh, well, this will, yeah. They set you at like three months. They set that knee at three months. I'm telling you, that man. That layup. Nobody's can... ever gone to a chiropractor and just stop. Yeah. They yeah. come back. You know what I mean? It's hard. Like, I don't trust them. Like, they're like mechanics. Yeah, they're like mechanics. When I get my oil changed and they bring out some filter, you're like yeah. this. I got a Camaro. That's a Toyota <laughs> filter. <laughs> yeah. They bring back a uh, they uh, they bring back a sunroof. You don't even have one. Yeah, <laughs> I've never I, I never in my life have I gone and 
and, and got an oil changed when I when I had shitty cars, mm-hmm. and they just went, all right, nineteen dollars. <laughs> like like the thing says on the marquee. Yeah, it's you walk out of there, it's sixty dollars. Oh. Like they get you on something. Yeah, to like Damn. it's nineteen. It yeah. makes you feel like your car cannot go. Yeah, without that, we found a uh, used squirrel in your catalytic converter. Yeah. That's what they used to get my dad with all the time. Oh, they the had a mouse in your catalytic converter. Catalytic <laughs> converter. Yeah. <laughs> the guy was like, "Just give me forty dollars, man. We'll yeah. handle it." Yeah. Hey, man, your flux capacitor. Yeah. You're not gonna be able to travel back in time. Oh, you time traveling, man? We gotta shut you down, man. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, government says that's two hundred dollars. It's just written on the wall: two hundred dollars for time traveling. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's coming, baby. Yeah. Yeah, chiropractor's dangerous, man. I went in there, and uh, this lady laid me down, too, dude. She was, I think, Scottish or something, man. Fuck, I felt Scottish by the time she was back in there, dude. She was deep at some point. Just want to go watch Braveheart? Bro, I could no. feel my grandparents just building up in my cheeks, bro. She had me just reminiscing, bro. <laughs> See, some professions should be women. I don't like the whole uh, we're all the same. Like, if I go to the dentist, yeah. I don't want a dental assistant to be a dude. Yeah. I don't want some man hands in my molars. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't want true. some nice, soft, female-type shit yeah, going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's Some oh. jobs should not be. When I had my knee surgery, I remember I couldn't I couldn't piss or shit. Because so, you on pills? Yeah, just knee surgery. And, the, and I couldn't eat until I pissed. I could not. I wasn't allowed to eat. So the nurse came in. And they go, look. We can either wait this out. You want a catheter? You couldn't eat until you pissed? Yeah. I wasn't allowed to eat anything. I could drink water, but I wasn't allowed to eat. They had to make sure everything was moving correctly, I guess, after the surgery. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought this was like some kind of like weird, like you were in that movie Saw or something. No, like, no, no. Of- like you get out of surgery, and then they're like, uh, you know, just gotta, the guy's with you, now you got to piss yeah. before you can eat anything. So it had been a while. So the the lady nurse came in, and she literally goes, look, here, we can do the catheter and get the piss and then you can eat yeah. um you know are you we can wait a couple more hours what are you gonna do I said, i'm starving just do it she says, now are you comfortable with me doing it or would you like me to get a guy to do it i literally went why would i want a guy <laughs> i remember looking there like so really people say that i go and all that thing was i was trying to tell her like look it's, it's not where it should be yeah right now <laughs> it's surgery and you know it's very ken jung hangover <laughs> popping off right now <laughs> Dang, dude. Yeah, that's true. Especially like a fireman or something. I don't want somebody to be like, yeah, we're sending Barb up if you're in a burning building. Right. <laughs> Fuck Barb, dog. You ain't lying. Fuck Barb, Some dude. Some professions got to be men and women. Yeah. Even when I was in the Navy, when I joined the Navy, mm-hmm. women weren't allowed on combat ships. Right. So women had it made. They were on shore duty. And when you're on shore duty, you get extra money. They give you extra money to go get an apartment. Oh, live wow. Live town. It's a nine to five job. When you're shore duty. When you're on a ship, it sucks because yeah. you're in racks that are three high. You know, birthing area sucks. There's no privacy. But women, there's a few women that were fighting for equal rights. And I was thinking, why the fuck would you want to be on a ship? Yeah. You got it made right now. And it's always like a few women, we want the same right. I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah. I mean, it, it literally makes their quality of life worse. Right. Than and- better. They could have and shut up and been fine. But do you think that some of them actually want that? Or do you think it's some people that just want to, they just have to argue for something sometimes? And they just want to win. Even yeah, if that's it doesn't it benefit them. They want to win. Right. They don't even realize you're not really winning. Yeah. You're losing after this. And if you asked a lot of, a lot of men would prefer to 
take a bullet for a or at least when i was younger it seemed like a lot of men would take a bullet for a woman nowadays it'd be like you know let's front some of these bitches you yeah. know and put them out front but <laughs> well i will say uh when you're when i was first in the navy and women weren't allowed on combat ships uh the first ship i was on had women the second one didn't uh ain't like you got to be banging them right you just got to be around some women man you go you go for a month in the middle of the ocean with a thousand dudes mm-hmm. and you don't see one female and that shit fucks you your head a little bit does it man you come back you ready to bang precious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're like this. Dang. Oh, you ready to bang semi-precious, yeah. dude. <laughs> you're like this. Anybody want some chicken? Like, you want to go steal some? Like yeah. the movie? Does your mom hurt you? <laughs> it's like even when you're out at sea, when you're out at sea with women on ships, the first couple weeks, I mean, some of the women, you're like, ah, I'm good. Yeah. You know? And then a month in, you're like, you been working wow. out? I know. You know? And then by, by two months, it's... It's 800 Halle Berry's on that ship. Wow. Like this. Dang. Stockholm Syndrome. It is, huh? You're seeing the same women day to day. You start to just, man, gravitate to them. You know, yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember. So you're, so you're saying, the, so, so then there is a, it sounds like there is a real advantage to just having women around even on the boat. There is something nice about just there being an opposite sex around. Oh, yeah. Like I said, you ain't got to be mess around and touch them. Just to walk by and have a, a, the scent. Right. Of a woman. Just to know? know that a woman's around. Yeah, and it's something, I mean, something that it eases the tension. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if you, even if there's innocent flirt, I was single. So even if there's innocent flirting, like we had this one girl, her name was Love. I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. Best ass, right? And Navy had, we had a, dung, dungarees. A black lady I know? Oh, a black yeah, girl yeah. named Love. Oh, yeah, it's it a black lady. Uh, she was dating a couple of the Chargers because we were staying in San Diego. And to be a I, Navy girl dating a couple of, yeah. NFL ball players like you had wow. to be looking good because you're up against yes. the top of the top competition. Yeah, and I just remember her stencil was sewn in, but I'd still would be like, you know, I was I was a cop and I was in Navy. I'd be like, love, let me see your stencil. <laughs> and she turned around like, are you good? Because the stencil ain't right. You got to tell them to go fix it yeah. and, and mark it in. Because some people have markers, some people sewed it in. Uh-huh. Hers was sewn in. I'd still be like, love, let me see that stencil. <laughs> that was good for me. <laughs> Dude, I wonder if it's the same girl. Where, you know a love? I know a girl named Love. From yeah. San Diego? A young black woman, yeah. But I don't she wasn't from San Diego. She was Stacy in San Diego. Yeah. She had nice. to be from the South. The way her build was, she had to be from the South. Yeah. I'll there were some see. grits. I'll have to see. Really? Diet. Yeah. Dude, I meant um fuck, there was something I was gonna ask you about just a second ago. We were talking about the military. Oh yeah, they used to have a thing. So I went and did uh, just some, just a different military base tours and stuff. I'm sure you've done some of those. Mm-hmm. And they had one. We went to Guantanamo Bay, and they had the term "Gitmo Pretty," and it was like after a couple days down there, you're like, "Yeah, that lady, dude, keep me away from her." And by five days down there, you're like, "Hey, where's that lady?" Right. <laughs> like, facts. Yeah. Any ship, man. Any, I think any military base. You're like, damn, Burdett is looking hot as fuck. Good right Lord, here. Pascal. Yeah. They had a big girl named Galaxy was her name. I remember Galaxy Wilson. Her, her last name. name was Galaxy? First name. Galaxy Wilson, bro. And I'm like, damn, Galaxy. <laughs> fucking moons over Miami, yeah, bro. Let me, get, let me be a part of that solar system. Blast me into that fucking, <laughs> into that atmosphere, bro. <laughs> um, Dude, thanks so much for coming in, man. Yeah, no problem. What's going on? So you live in Cincinnati, time, huh? Appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks for being on time. Well, man. look, man, I know you like yeah. to work in a lot of the black circles, so I wanted Thanks. to frickin'. <laughs> I wanted to be late. Well, I was. I, I thought. That's why I got here early. I go, I'm going to prove to him we're not all like that. 
Hey, Theo's stuck in traffic. Whoa, he's in L.A. I guess he didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? <laughs> Way to plan ahead, Theo. Do you... Um, so you... You've had a great, you've had probably the greatest career for someone that doesn't live in Los Angeles or New York. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I never, I lived here for a little bit, but my career took off really when I left. Went back to Ohio. Because you know that, I mean, that never happens, but that's not most people's story. Yeah, well, I would would fly out whenever I was needed in LA or New York. Yeah. You know, we just kind of, hmm. Yeah, you lot of, I like I don't know any of the I hear I was talking to your guys before I got here about, you know, there's very much a a click um the the comedy store comics. Mm-hmm. You guys are like your own little click, you know, cuz you see each other so much. And I'm totally not in the loop. I'm almost like a Bigfoot. Right. Like, there's sightings of me. Oh yeah. In LA like even when you saw me at the airport Oh yeah, oh, so there's, a, there's Gary Owen. Gary Owen. Oh, <laughs> it's <doesn't> crazy. Exist. <laughs> well, it's almost kind of nice because it's almost like you're then like a celebrity to L.A. Oh yeah, because I've never seen. Because you're you know yeah, you're like so rare. It's like yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I've seen him twice in L.A. I've only seen you once in L.A. And that was at the airport on yeah. my way out. <laughs> yeah. We had to live in Minnesota. Where were you going that weekend? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we were in Minnesota. Remember that? That was the layover. Yeah. Like, God, what the fuck beautiful airport it? too. Big though. That's a big ass airport. Jesus, it's almost too big. Yeah, I think the Metrodome's somewhere in there. I remember at one point, <laughs> I remember crossing a forty yard line at somebody. Yeah. Somebody, somebody fumbled around an. That would be Annie's. great. The football stadium's attached to the airport. <laughs> you just watch the game from the side. Well, now a lot of a lot of the airports got the hotels right there. Detroit's got that Westin oh, right yeah. in it. Oh yeah, if I have a three hour layover, dude, I might. I, sometimes I'll bust a coin and get that get that lay down for a little while. Well, just they, get a room. Well, Atlanta's got the minute suites. You seen that? Mm-mm. You can rent a room for like an hour. Oh wow! It's like I don't know what it is like thirty dollars. I did it. Like, I had a. I had like a. I don't. I, I was. Oh, I was coming back from Japan. Mm-hmm. I landed at like five in the morning, and my f- next flight went to like eleven. So I bought that thing for three hours. Damn, was it good? Yeah, it's like a it's your own room. It's got cable outlets a bed you know the bathroom you have to leave not you don't have to go in the hallway but there's a bathroom for for the pods but it's it's like a little pod hmm. it's cool though you know what i was in uh, australia a couple weeks ago and they had at the airport in this one area they just had like these kind of like look like a big molar actually with a with a roll top like those roll top desks and mm-hmm. you could get in there like an egg yeah like an egg like yep. mark 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 and mindy yep you pay like three or four dollars and getting that egg and that's that and, you and just, it's right in the airport? I mean, just literally, you could walk. I mean, bro, there were kids running around through them playing games and shit. And, and you're people, in the egg, locked you, in. You're in there sleeping, yeah. Mm. I mean, I think you lock yourself in from the inside. you bring inside. a lady in there? I don't know, I dude. <laughs> Make a little bit of fucking... What was you doing in Australia? Performing? Egg salad, bro. Uh, yeah, I was doing shows over there. I never... I've never... Outside of military bases, I've never... Only place I've been outside the country uh, is Guam. And London, mm. that's been it. Well, Canada, but that's that's kind of America too. Yeah, Australia's kind of Canada, but way like it's Canada with more of a criminal element, you know, because a lot of criminals, they that whole country is based on criminalia, or you know, people that did crime. Where did you get that statistic from? Crime, uh, <laughs> just from being <laughs> like alive, I'm just I buying it. Like <laughs> really, I go never heard that. <laughs> He was just breaking off shit. Yeah, like Ohio. <laughs> Ohio was founded by uh, Capone. You know, he was running drugs through there. And 
He just named it Ohio. Do you ever feel left out because you don't live in L.A. or, or New York? Uh, no. No. Never do. I'm so busy as it is. You know, even if I – when I get off the road, the last thing I want to do is go to a comedy club because right. I do it so much. Where I know a lot of the guys in L.A., they're – you know they're they're at the comedy clubs every night, and I yeah. I did that when I was out here, so I feel like I got it out of my system. But it hurts a different vibe at the comedy store now. I heard there's different management and ownership and everything else. Because I when I first started, I did the whole waited in line for three hours to open mic. Oh yeah, and and this is not an indictment on Mitzi Shore. I'm sure she's a nice lady, but what she did to me, I was like, I will never perform here. That's why I'm never there. She iced you, huh? Well, I waited in line. I did the I did what you're supposed to do for like two, three weeks, right? Then I got I got picked a showcase. Mm-hmm. So five five of showcase that night, and it was. You remember four, the other ones? It was four women. I was the only dude. Mm. I don't know who the other women were, but there was four women and me, and I was the fifth. So the four were women. You the all only won. black guy to perform to? But pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you remember who the other people were? Chris Tucker, <laughs> Chappelle. So I don't know why I didn't get picked. Now. <laughs> It was four, but when when I went up, and you only get five minutes. Yeah, you know, uh, I looked in the back of the original room, and she was like holding court with the four girls, uh. and wasn't watching me. And then I got called the next day, and they go, "Yeah, you, you didn't get picked to be a regular." I said, "What?" And not to sound conceited, but I clearly had the best set. Yeah, like it wasn't even close. Well, look, we know we have a good set, and we don't. And I was like, I didn't get picked, and then. When I found out the girls did, I was like, "I'm out. Mm. I'll never perform here." So you had a real re- that you you had a real resentment then towards her a little bit, yeah. Just because I I felt like I did what you were supposed to do. Now, if none of us would have got picked, I'd have been like, "All right." But and and honestly, I knew my stuff wasn't hacky. You know what I mean? I knew it was some original stuff. Yeah. So I was just like, Man. I didn't get picked. It just didn't make any sense. And I go, she just didn't watch me. So for whatever reason, it is what it is. But I, I, I've never performed, never been back. Well, did perform. it make you feel like it wasn't fair? Like I'm just curious, like a, because I mean, yeah, you hear all kinds of stuff about Mitzi Shore. I mean, obviously, you know, she's run like one of the best clubs. You know, like mm-hmm. her, I think her, like I don't know all of it, but like her, you know, she got the club finally from her hu- husband or something. Mm-hmm. I think like there was some other ownership. Um, you know, you hear that she never paid people. People went on strike. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you hear all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, there's tons of history out of that building. I mean, she was also a woman that started a business, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that was a, you know, there weren't a lot of women doing that in the comedy space at the time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you hear all kinds of stuff. That she was dating half the comedians. I mean, there's tons yeah. of things you hear. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying she's probably a nice lady. I'm not saying she's a bad person. But that burned that you. night, I was like. Man, fuck this place. Well, did that make you feel like you weren't going to have any opportunities in L.A. overall? Like, did oh, it give you that no, vibe? It, it, it got me all fired up. And a lot of people know this. I ran I ran the um, the main room for two years uh, on Guy Tory's Fat Tuesday because mm-hmm. I'm in St. Louis, and Guy said, man, I got to let it go. I'm too busy. I said, you can't let it go, dude. That's like that's like the black spot on Tuesday. At the comedy store? Yeah. I oh, said, wow. let me take it over. I said, I won't change shit. I was running. Me and my wife was running it, and nobody knew I was behind it because i just wouldn't show up i would just but it was funny because my wife would like we were booking it Mm -hmm. right and then people would be like talking shit about other comics and stuff like comics do sometimes Mm -hmm. and she'd come back and give me feedback and sometimes they'd talk shit about me i was like really (laughs) but i never held against them i wouldn't like not book somebody or take them off i was just like i just thought (laughs) comics do that i can't because there's a there's a little bit of bitch in all of us at some point you know what i mean you're gonna have days and 
and nights where you're you're just you want to blame somebody when you don't realize it's just a business it is what it is yeah that's another thing yeah it's just a business it's like yeah i mean even going back to the mitzi short thing it's like you you know people could say that you know you'll hear that she didn't pay comics but you also don't know if she was getting a shittier deal because she was a woman in, in certain circles you know you just don't know mm-hmm. it's like you don't know how like what the business is always you don't know everybody's ang- everybody's yeah. how everybody's dealing with it mm-hmm. you and you know? know you know with her seeing open micers all day every day she might have been having like i'm, I'm fucking done today I ain't yeah. got time to see this guy. Or maybe some man in the business had been a dick to her that day, and she's like, you know what? I just saw... Uh, you, you, right. You what, don't know. You just don't know. Back then, I was like, fuck this shit. Now, it's more just a story. It's my story. Right. You know, it's not... I'm not mad. I've never said a bad word about her in public or anything. It's just... It is what it happened. Yeah. I'm just like... But that night... Fuck. I was pissed. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> fuck the comedy store. Fuck Encino Man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck oh, the I, Jersey Shore. Yeah. <laughs> Anything with a short and I was done. Want to go surfing? Fuck you, uh, man. I'm going fuck, to the pool. Fuck Gulf Shores, Alabama. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck Floribama, the bar, the shitty bar that's down yeah. there where people always get date raped. But to decent what? music. Sorry. <laughs> but look, dude, if you're going to get a date raped, get date raped to some, you know, some easy listening. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to some Skinner, bro. I don't want to get date raped to some damn trick daddy. You know what I'm saying? Right. I want to get date raped. Skinner? Yeah. Something okay. Like, something legit. Like this. Yeah. Sounds good, Theo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Brendan Schwab. I'm not agreeing with you. Uh, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's all right. Dude, yeah, Brendan, Brendan will go in and yeah, definitely agreement mode. I get that in podcasts when I'm talking to somebody. I'll just have no idea sometimes what's going on. They're disagreeing with you. I can agree with them. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, we're thinking about killing your whole family. Like, yeah. oh, that's a great idea, That'd man. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Yeah, my mom's a bitch. But yeah, it's like sometimes you just don't know. It's like, you know, it's like we just don't know sometimes the, what everybody else is dealing with, you know? But yeah, that's I, right. Yeah, looking back on it, it's just like, I just, I'll never forget as long as I live, the four women standing around her and she's just holding court, like yeah. telling them about, I can, I'm reading what they're saying, like, you got to work on this, you do this, this and this. But it looked like they was all having oh. a great time. Oh, I would break And I'm heart. up here going, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I oh. want to stop it. Like, oh, yeah. hey, Mitz, yeah. I'm up. <laughs> It's my third Sunday waiting in line for three fucking hours. Can I get five minutes? Yeah. That's going through my brain. It's such a helpless feeling, too, when you, you can't do that. And you put the mic back in the stand and you walk off going, this was pointless. Yeah. This was fucking pointless. And then when I would drive by and see the guys in line. I don't. It was like a Tuesday you had to wait in line. That was like the long line in front of the comedy yeah. store for open micing. And I'd drive by it and see just... For the next couple of years, like I want to be like wasting your time. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> roll down it's the window. It's fucking pointless. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so you had a yeah, man. I'd have a look. I, I can totally go through that moment. You're on stage and you see the person who's supposed to be paying attention to you, and you're already nervous. There's already a lot going on. I mean, this is like a moment in the sun to even get that opportunity to showcase at the comedy store. Yeah. And then the other people that have already gone on, they had their time to be in front of her. Now they're all talking to her. And you have to still be doing your jokes. Your mind is locked in. Even it it could be complete darkness in the room. I remember when I was doing it in New York for um, uh, uh, Esty, right? 
who passes at the comedy cellar and she she's over in the dark and I don't know where she is but then I, at a certain point I knew exactly where she was in the dark paying attention to me you know mm-hmm. it's like you can just feel like the spot in the dark mm-hmm. where somebody in the room is that's supposed to be judging you yeah and to think that they're not even paying attention and you still have to do these jokes and you don't even care if the other people in the room even see them yeah you're just it's like, a helpless feeling oh, it's so helpless dude oh, fuck so helpless bro like trying to breastfeed and be a man you know it's just like going to Jerry's Deli afterwards oh yeah it's meat only bro if you're breastfeeding yeah, what do you you're want? Just, and you're a man yeah just, melt. just today the uh, Hollywood reporter named Adam Egit the new manager at the comedy store and SD two of the 40 most powerful people in comedy wow so it was crazy that you brought both of them out yeah. and there you go it's like and then it's like you look years later I mean it's like you know Paulie's like you know uh, Paulie's always you know he's always trying to be supportive he's always trying to stay creative you got the the father just passed away the lore of just the story even staying like all the times Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be sold um i heard it's a different vibe i didn't spend a lot of time there but i heard it's completely different now it's different now man it's very supportive but you know what a lot of that is is i think more than any other time in in the history of stand-up like comics can control their own narrative now right through through podcasting you know what i mean just through social media, YouTube. I mean, you can build your audience. You don't need somebody to 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 say give you like the yes. Yeah, you can do it on your own. You know, even with you know, I've I've gotten to know you through through the podcast networks. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, outside of Road Rules, you were amazing on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was a kid. <laughs> you know, um, I know because that, that's the thing, man. I I've always like followed you from afar because. I saw you on Last Comic Standing. You were like the internet guy. Yeah, yeah, me one. and Josh Wolf. Because when I saw you, I go, that's the fucker from Road Rules. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when you did Road what year was that you did Road Rules? Uh, 99. 99. And you you were like a mid-season replacement or something, right? Didn't you come um, in? Uh-uh. You were I there from the regular, first? yeah. Did someone get kicked off that year or something? And somebody new came in? No. Fuck it. I'm thinking of Cyrus. But there's a lot of seasons. There's a million seasons. I'm I'm like this. Fuck, I'm thinking of Cyrus (laughs) from uh, Boston. (laughs) But the reason I always felt like that, just the 90s, I'll say, is I was in the Navy and I tried to get on the real world. Uh I could see you on there easily. The Boston cast. And I remember my buddy, this is before the internet, you had to write a letter. Mm -hmm. I wrote a letter to Buna Murray. And then you had to tell him you were gay at the beginning of the letter to even have no, a no. To be on. I told him I like black women. Oh yeah. And so I said the perfect oh, house would be me with seven black girls. Oh, you know what I mean? Dude. And then here's what's funny. Who are you, Scott Storch? Yeah. Bro? <laughs> that was my <laughs> thing. I go, hey guys, I love black women. Let's do uh, me and seven black girls. You know? <laughs> and then uh, they said they sent me a letter back. Like I got a letter back, wow. and they said put yourself on tape. So my buddy worked at Good Guys. So we set like literally a hundred TVs up. So everything I did was magnified by a hundred. Wow! And then I had like a black girl walk in, and I go look. <laughs> and then, uh, and then they asked me to come up and get interviewed, and I got interviewed, and then I I didn't get it obviously. But it was the Boston like '96 season. Oh yeah. And what was crazy is I'm active duty. So how would I have done it anyways? Right. Like I, ha- I still had a year left. You'd have to ask but for I leave, was, and they might not right. have given it to you. So. When I see that season, there was the uh, the black girl that went to Stanford that didn't like interracial dating, but then they went on vacation. She banged the white dude mm-hmm. on vacation. I went, I was supposed to bang her. Oh. Like literally, I was, I was like, I was I was supposed to bang her. That was supposed to. Be, I was watching it like, uh, 
<laughs> I see what you did there. That was supposed to be me. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. like this. Oh, I found a Heather at Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> I just looking at it like this. And then it was funny because when I sent in all the tape, like, I like black girls, do me with seven black girls. A big arch of that season was uh, Cyrus dated a lot of white women and the black girl didn't approve of it. So in a way, it was like they addressed what I had talked about oh. in my video. You know what I mean? I was like, man, I would, I, it's funny. I was like, I would have been a great asset. Yeah. And that season was kind of boring. Yeah. Boston. Yeah, I don't even remember it. I remember the first season of The Real World I remember was when uh, Real World Hawaii went. I mean, I remember some of the other ones, but the first one I watched, I just remember Tech jumping into that swimming pool. Naked? Um, I don't know if he was, he was naked, naked or not. Yeah. Was he? I yeah, he got naked. And then the, the, I didn't notice that. <laughs> oh, I did. I did. They well, blurred him out. Oh, I didn't look, man. <laughs> I don't look at dude. What do you say, Theo? Bro. It was like an 18-inch sensor bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I thought he, he I'm, like, was the first. like on the side of the TV. <laughs> yeah, he was one of the first to like start getting like, well, no, there were the guy from the first season was, the the ripped guy from New York. Oh, Eric Nice. Eric, yeah, he was oh, the first one. He got like spinoffs and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, he was a real G. But, uh... But yeah, man, I'm trying to think of um, I'm trying to think of I don't even know where our train of thought went here. What were we talking about? Reality TV in the comedy store. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. Yeah, I think. Oh, you mentioned that Esty and Adam just got those mm-hmm. that got those things. Yeah, and then you said, yeah, it's like people can make their own destinies now. It's like yeah, you don't have to have. Like I mean, one of the reasons why some people got into podcasting was like. I couldn't find a TV show or anything. I couldn't even be represented out here. You know, like mm-hmm. they were not, they're not putting anybody from like, I don't consider, I mean, I'm from the South. I don't consider myself like a redneck though, you know, like, but they're not putting any, they weren't putting anybody that even represented me, I felt like. So it was like, I had to start a podcast to even just, you know, have anything to be able to say anything, I felt like. Yeah. And they, I think people gravitate to podcasts because you, you are unfiltered. Yeah. You know, like I did. On mine last week, I talked about an argument I had backstage with my opener. Really? And it was a legit, I was throwing food at him. I was so pissed because yeah. he yelled at me. It wasn't about the food. It was like, did you just yell at me? What'd you throw at him? I got to know Fried that. rice and egg rolls. Oh, my And he was Asian. God. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he's Cambodian. Oh, Wait, well, let me tell you what happened. And Cambodian, let's be honest, dude. It's Asian, bro, but it's also a little something else, okay? They're yeah. being wild It's the out other there. of Asian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you know? Even Asian people are like, oh, I'm not going out yeah. there, you know? <laughs> it is Asian, bro. It's yeah. past Asia, bro. You're out there, dude. Well, here's what happened. Because I want to hear about this, man, because people often say that you're hard to deal with. So I want to hear yeah. what happened. <laughs> I want to hear about this. Yeah, Brian Kellen. Yeah. We talked about that. I, talked, I was talking to your guys before I got on here. I go, I go dude, I go, you know, the internet's uh, notorious for anybody says anything good about you, you don't hear shit. <laughs> that they say something bad, I get DMs and Twitter tags and everything. And the, the Brian Kellen, Brendan Shaw, when they, when I, oh, my wife got profiled on Delta and oh, they brought damn. it up. And they go, and Brian goes, yeah, I heard that guy's hard to deal with. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so I watched it, and it really was, Brian even said, he goes, I don't know why I said that. I shouldn't have said they that. But they call you the, dude, they call you the pink Chris Tucker. That's what I hear all the, the time. The pink Chris Tucker? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was the white Carl Malone. I'm like the oh. only one. Like He was the only black guy with a John Deere deal. No, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I'm the only black guy at the barber. Sh- I'm the only white guy at the barber shop where my picture's on the haircut. Yeah. If you're a white guy, you want that Gary Owen right there <laughs> on the poster. It's all yeah. black guys and me. Uh, no, uh, wh- let me tell you what happened in Dallas. I want to uh, hear about this. Not hard to deal with, but 
It's not about the food that I threw. It was that he yelled at me is what made me throw the food. Because I before I went on stage, you know, comedy club food isn't the best. Right. I'm over 40 and trying to eat good. So I literally just told him, I said, go anywhere, just get some brown rice and teriyaki chicken. That's anywhere. Right. So they 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 couldn't find the the place that they said they were gonna order from, they couldn't get it. So I get off stage, so you you know, you're hot, you got three shows that night, you just wanna eat, you're like, okay, get your palates ready for some and they ordered Thai food. And I was like, I don't, you guys know me, I don't like Thai food. So automatically I'm like, why would you order Thai food? Yeah. Of anything. You could have got me a salad, right? So then I open it, the vegetables looked all dry. It just looked bad. Oh, all wow. the food looked like I was like, so now I'm not not happy. The only thing that looked good, and you know, Asian food comes into big containers, mm-hmm. was this big container of noodles and veggies and chicken. I go, that looks good. So I take the fork. And I, the county club brought us plates. So I take the fork and I'm taking some noodles and put on a plate. And I was going to take some other stuff too and just make a plate of little samples of everything. So I'm a container. My opener comes in say, goes, hey, those are mine. Those are mine. Those are mine. I said, okay. I was like, I'm just going to take a little bit. Is that okay? And he was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, fine. Okay. <laughs> so I take the noodles. And then he takes it and it's a big container. And he puts his fork in it immediately and starts eating it. So we still got two other people in the green room that's got to eat. And mm-hmm. I looked at him. I said, "Say, you know, you're being selfish, right? Like you should. I'm thinking in my brain, you should have offered some to the other people in the room, right?" And he goes, "Huh?" I go, "You know, you're being selfish, right?" And he just went from zero to ten. He goes, "I'm not being selfish." And it was when he yelled at me. I went, "What?" It was like in a movie. And I just grabbed the nearest thing I saw. This, this container of fried rice. I go. Get the fuck out! Oh, yeah. awesome. And as he's leaving the room, I'm throwing one egg roll at a time. I go, get the fuck out! Oh right? yeah, bro. So he gets out. That's like then the Laotian he, Olympics. Right. <laughs> yeah, bro. Then he comes back in and he yells again. He, he's like, I was just trying to. And I, there's one more egg roll. Yeah. I, I said, get the fuck out! And he gets out. Right. So then I calm down. I go, oh, okay, I probably overacted. Right? right. And then my road manager Brad, he explains that he just broke it down. He goes, man. He's got a real life voice. Man, I just think, uh, I think you was hot and you was hungry and the food wasn't there that you wanted. And in Say's mind, those were his noodles. Yeah. So you was eating his noodles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go, I go, yeah, you probably right, probably reacted. I said, but he just yelled at me, man. I said, I could have had a discussion about it. It was him yelling that set me off. And then we're laughing about an hour later. Oh. But I talked about it on my podcast, right, last week. And mm-hmm. I'm, Telling people a story. At no point did I say I was right or wrong. I was just telling a story. But some people were like, uh, you know, you was wrong, Gary. Or some people was like, I'm looking at you different. You're like a diva. Oh. Those were his noodles. <laughs> so, the funny part is, that's the part, is the word noodles makes it funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. We got an argument over some noodles. The Those other two people that had to eat were Brian Callen and Brendan Schaub. So that's why he was upset. No, but here's yeah. the funny shit about the whole thing. I didn't throw my plate of food. I had already made mine. Say had his noodles in his hand. Only person that didn't get to eat was Brad. Yeah. <laughs> the road manager had nothing to do with the argument. He goes, Man, I ain't getting any eat. <laughs> you guys ate all the food. You was hot and you was hungry. Yeah, he just broke it down. Here's what I think happened. 
You was hot. You didn't get the food you wanted. Those were his noodles. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, yeah, probably. Dude, right. that is the dude. It is the worst. So because sometimes you'll have a long day of traveling, you don't have a chance to eat anything. You'll get up early. The layover's really fast. It'd be thirty minutes. You have to get to your gate, and so then next thing you know, you've had a coffee and a muffin or something or a, and a banana. Mm-hmm. You finally get to the place. You, you you know you maybe have a snack or something before you go on stage, and then you have to do the first show. You get off. You want to eat. That's your time to finally get something to eat. Right, and your palate's ready for something. Yeah. And that's not like an extravagant dish. Like no. brown rice and turkey chicken, you should be able to get that. Yeah, somewhere. you should be able to get it, man. So and they and they And especially if he's Cambodian, dude, you can't come up with a little teriyaki chicken right. papa. Motherfucker. You the Cambodian Call dude. somebody. Yeah, if I ask you for fucking donuts or something, you know, right. and you don't know how to come up with a couple or I ask you for, you know, uh, a couple of Cornish game hens or something. It's like asking me. You know, where can I get some quiche? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. tuna casserole. I can make you that. I'm going to interrupt this conversation just to say a couple weeks ago, this company called Free Fly sent me some apparel and they had this beautiful kind of gray. It was kind of a kind of a basalt. I don't know what it's called. Cobalt gray or something pewter type of shirt. And I put it on and I don't even know if I took it off. I mean, I just had it on for so long. This isn't it. But my goodness, it was comfortable. I fell asleep in it. I thought it was a bed. That's how comfortable it was. I also went to the gym in it and did other things in it. The clothes from Free Fly Apparel are made from butter soft bamboos. And I have to say that, you know, we all want to have a little bit of bamboo in our life, a little bit more in our giddy up, a little more, a little bit more wood in our hood. And Free Fly Apparel can do that. Their apparel is so soft, you don't really know who you are anymore. You might sometimes find yourself hugging yourself out by the interstate. The team behind Free Fly are a wife and husband duo of Nike marketers and their Montana fishing guide brother. They identified a big problem in the apparel industry. Outdoor clothing was too complicated and too uncomfortable. Together, they quit their day jobs and made it their mission to create the most comfortable shirt imaginable. Free Fly's bamboo clothing has natural UPF sun protection. It wicks away moisture and won't hold odor. From fishing to hitting the gym or lounging around the house, this stuff is the real deal. Free Fly is now my go-to clothing. You have to check it out today. Now gear up for your adventures. You can get 20% off when you visit Free Fly Apparel and use promo code TPW. That's Free Fly Apparel. Promo code TPW. And today's episode is brought to you by Uncommon Apothecary. You know, CBD is the hemp plant. And unlike its sister, Mary Jane, CBD contains less than 0.03% THC. Meaning that you won't get high, but it'll stop you from feeling low. Several double-blind studies have shown CBD to reduce anxiety. It's also been shown to alleviate depression, as well as pain and inflammation. Unlike many so-called CBD products on Amazon and other online shopping sites, all UA products are third-party tested to ensure quality and consistency. Best of all, Uncommon Apothecary's products are legal without prescription in all 50 states. They also have pet formulas so your best friend and you can take it together. Come over here, Fluffy. Let's get on that CBD. 
head over to ua-cbd.com. That's the letter U, the letter A-CBD.com today and use promo code THEO at checkout to receive 15% off for this past weekend listeners and see why thousands are switching from prescriptions to a more natural alternative. Also, make sure to sign up for monthly deliveries of Uncommon Apothecary so you are never out when you need it and save an additional 10% off. For every item purchased, Uncommon Apothecary will donate $1 to local homeless shelters. Head on over to ua-cbd.com today and use code THEO at checkout to get your 15% off. And now, back to the show. But dude, I remember we worked together at, um, to- uh, remember the charity basketball, the basketball thing? The basketball referee, who am I thinking of, brother? Oh, Tony, something, was that in, uh, was that in, uh, I feel bad his name is, Virginia Beach? Virginia Beach, yeah. Tony a, Brothers. Tony Brothers, yeah. I forgot about that, and man. Tony is a sweet man. And, and, and he was not happy that night. He was not happy that night. Because they booked, they 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 overbooked the theater and the weekend. And he said, you guys knew I was bringing this show here. I'm doing this for the community. And you booked like two other urban comedy shows around it. Oh, really? There was like one the week before and like one two weeks after. And he was like, you killed my show. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why he went on stage and told him because I'm not happy about this. I was like, damn, I never seen somebody go up and thank the people for being there, but then go off yeah. on the venue and unthank the venue. Yeah. Right? There's a beautiful venue. Yeah, there's a beautiful venue, man. And yeah, you crushed it, man. I'd never seen you. I mean, I'd seen you on film and I'd seen you on um on the internet and stuff, mm-hmm. but I'd never seen you on stage before. Yeah, it's a different beast. And you, yeah, you really, really. I, was I like, get that a lot. Damn. I didn't know it was like that. Really. Well, I it sounds conceited, but there's a different energy with a black audience. Yeah, and uh, be and a white guy. It was blacktastic, bro. It was blacktastic, dude. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was yeah. Howard Homecoming. Yeah, it, it was something. <laughs> <laughs> it was unique, bro. I mean, there was people doing that. But people when were excited, the uh, you know, I'm the I'm the white guy. Yeah, for black people. So oh, you're speak. the extremely strong. You're the very physical and talented Michael Rappaport. People call you. Mm, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. For real, <laughs> I mean, easily. I can see that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's different. It's, it's a different energy. And I, you know, like I I just, I just did my my latest special mm-hmm. um, last week in San Antonio, and even my agent at UTA hadn't seen me live in years. And he goes, I I forgot it was like that. And I know that sounds conceited, right? No, it does. It's it a look, different energy. That's your job. Live, like, yeah. It just not only that, it's just the reaction when I come on stage. Like, right? I am ve- I'm like I said, I am. Black famous. There's yeah. That's many black people that walk by. They, if they don't know my name, they know my face. Oh, you're Frederick Douglass almost. I mean, it's like you, Freddie D, who else? A couple of other. I'm trying to think of famous, yeah, white people that are. Um, Larry Bird. Yeah, Larry Bird. He ain't going too far. Yeah. It's very, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of famous white guys that are real famous in the black community. But it's crazy. Like, it, it is a different. Black Hollywood and Hollywood is different because I heard stories about Philip Seymour Huffman. And I don't know if it's true, but I got it from a reliable source. He used to go to like the Starbucks in the urban neighborhoods because he could sit down and read and be left alone. Oh wow! And like nobody knew who he was. I like this. He go to like the Magic Johnson Starbucks. That's crazy. And just like read, and somebody be like, 
dude, that, and uh, somebody told me, they go, yo, that dude from that movie. <laughs> yeah, that dude. That d- d- dude, <laughs> you know? I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. That dude from Boogie Nights. And you do the opposite. You go to like nice white. Oh, I go to, I go to Salt Lake <laughs> to get away. I go to Park City. <laughs> but I was in D.C. and it was funny. I was, I, I was telling him on stage, I go, dude. I'm in D.C. I did not get stopped one time by a white person wow. in five days, but I couldn't go a block. The the, the got me was the homeless motherfucker stopped me. Oh, you couldn't go a block, I go, the bro. homeless dude stopped me. I'm like, God <laughs> damn. That's when you know this motherfucker is homeless. <laughs> and knew exa- but if they don't know me, I'm, I'm that's old boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's old boy right there. <laughs> yeah. That's old boy. And then, they, then they'll, the, what's funny is they'll, they'll have a whole conversation but won't know my name. Yeah, I go yeah, and then it's funny to argue with themselves. Yeah, that's you. Yeah, you know that's you. You know you. Hey, you you right? Yeah, that's you. Yeah, you know that's you. <laughs> they walk away. They tell their friend that's him. <laughs> and then they go, oh, that is him. They're calling their friend. Yeah, I saw that dude. Yeah, you know who? Yeah, that nobody dude. knows yeah, who. Yeah, him. You know you. It, you know. It's like a who's on first that never ends. Yeah, uh, you, you you. Know you, <laughs> you, you. You you. You know you you. 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 Dude, it was fire, man. But it, um, yeah, do you feel like though that did you ever was that your plan from the beginning, kind of to have a black audience, or did that just kind of come up, like? Well, you don't you don't choose your audience; they choose you, right? I just got on BET early, right? That's where I, you I got your really your break, huh? Yeah, like I would have did Telemundo if I could have spoke Spanish. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you break into this, you just want to you just want to be funny and get on stage. Yeah, and I just my my every TV appearance was was BET in the beginning. And for some reason, the movies I got in were black lead actors. Yeah. The only movie I've done that was a, a all-white cast was a movie called College, and it probably did the worst at the box office. Wow. Do you think there's something about you that black people, that really attracts black culture, or that, like, is it like a like some a way that you look or a way that you... Or- well, I... I, I uh, Dio Hughley, he, exp- he he broke my myself down to my myself. A yeah, bit. yeah. He just said, you know, you you're authentic, and he said, and your stories are your real life. It's not like you're up there just doing a joke to get a laugh. Mm-hmm. Like you're really telling, like you really went to a black church, right? Like your joke was that experience from your perspective, right? You know, and I think I think a lot of times too, I'm not putting down people i'm just saying it's different right you know there's no put down because there's i i don't i tell you what 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 gets on my nerves when i see white stand-ups going from a black audience and just completely put down white people right you know what i mean oh, I just to that. get on the on black and i even seen some black people in the audience be like dude we don't think like that right like we don't hate white people what are you, what are you talking about you know what i mean right that shit i'd be like this dude yeah, just what do you do? Yeah, it sounds so. <laughs> it just it makes my skin crawl. I've well, that's it. half of L.A. these days, man. I feel like I get on like if I get on stage, there's a lot of so many comedians who are like, uh, you know, like apologizing for their white privilege and shit like that. And that's fine if someone feel like that it was that big of a thing in their life, you know, where mm-hmm. somebody came in their room when they were young, were like, hey, you're white, you know, we're gonna be. I've all had good. more issues of white males in my life than black dudes. All the black dudes have been cool. The, yeah, the white dudes in my life, I'm like, what the fuck. <laughs> Get away from my stepdad. I can't stand that motherfucker, man. Good Lord. But yeah. He, my stepdad was every bad black stereotype. Really? Every, you know, people, you know, black guys are lazy. I'm like, nah, Rod's lazy. <laughs> yeah, Rod's black guy can get a job. They don't want to get no job. Nah, Rod can get a job. Who the fuck are you talking about? 
My stepdad, every time I heard of a bad stereotype about black males, it was yeah, my stepdad. That's hilarious. I was like, he's worse than all this shit. That's you hilarious. Know? Who are you describing right now? Early on, did you have a lot of stories uh, like in your stand-up that with black culture? Is that why you think they like... Well, when I started in San Diego, uh, I was trying to get on the comedy store and the Hoya and everything. But, you know, with open mic, you're lucky to get up. You know, the open mic night was Sunday nights. And then that was it. And then I was like, a couple of black guys in the Navy with told me about all these other spots I could get on stage, but you had to go where the black people were. You know, a lot of the mainstream yeah. comics, they don't want to do that. And I was like, where? Okay, I'll go there. I'm just naive to everything. Right. And then and then I would start doing like karaoke bars. Like I would, if I couldn't get on stage, I would go to like a karaoke mm-hmm. and it was a mic and it was speakers. Right. And I was like, instead of singing, I would tell jokes. And they like... People got to know me like, oh, that's the funny dude. He's not going to sing. He's going to tell some jokes for Oh, that's minutes. pretty cool. You know what I mean? It's but almost- I would do like musical bits. I'm not singing. Right. My jokes was about music. I, I remember and it's not a very good joke, uh, so you might lose some listeners. Oh, we won't but- at all. <laughs> not on <laughs> here, bro. I make enough shitty jokes during the podcast. Yeah. So I, think- <laughs> my, my, I remember my, my first joke I'd always tell at the karaoke bars was about Janet Jackson. I'd be like, I go, have you guys noticed like Janet Jackson – like her first song was uh, "Let's Wait a While." I go. Then her second album, the song was um, uh, "Come Back to Me." I said, "Well, fuck! You told him to wait, <laughs> and now you're telling him to come back." I go. Now this latest album was "Anytime, Any Place." I go. Somebody turn that motherfucker out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that that like opened up. Like, oh, okay, he's just talking shit about musicians. So a lot of it was just like whatever songs was hot. Yeah, I would just make fun of them at the karaoke spots. Do you think that you um? are actually white and you have to like be black in the morning when you get up <laughs> you know what i'm saying though kind of what do you mean <laughs> like you have to like <laughs> like if we like move the switch on the back of you and be like well guys i hope everything's going well no <laughs> what am i like caitlin jenner like yeah, deep down like, i know i'm black <laughs> but there's no surgery to fix it like god i wish i could just <laughs> god damn switch it. this up a little yeah. bit <laughs> No, it works for me being the, uh, being like the, I don't want to say fish out of water. Because I am kind of a fish out of water, but I'm very comfortable in the water. Right. I'll say it like that. Yeah. I've never, well, yeah, you're I don't know, like a lot of times I think we feed into what the media tells us. Yeah. When, and that's not been in my experience. Like, I, I'll oh, give Oh, yeah, dude. I don't let, yeah. I mean, that's. Your, my day to day dealings with people, uh, I don't, I don't see too many people just out and out hating somebody else because of their skin color alone. Yeah, totally. Now, I, I be, I'm more scared of white guys with tattoos on their face and right. pants sagging. Yeah, these dudes. days it's starting to change. Well, that dude, I'm scared more. I'm scared. What I'm scared of is some of you know with a lot of um, you know people of different cultures, especially when you have black and white people having children. You're gonna start. You start to get a lot of soft black dudes, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, bro. These grays, bro. <clears throat> I've seen a Why couple. Are you talking about, what, man, dude, you can't be talking about my kids, man. <laughs> yeah, you have children. <laughs> no, I'm talking I'm about. You're talking about my kids. I'm, I'm just saying, bro. I saw some uh, these some of these mixed kids. They're fucking slow. It's like, oh, welcome. You wanted white shit. You got it, man. Welcome to these fucking layups. <laughs> Enjoy these layups. Well, that's the problem when you are mixed because. The, the black in you says dunk it and the white you says pass it out and you're just fucking confused and you become Steph Curry just shoot threes take it to the hole no you gotta share <laughs> but the black you says motherfucker throw that shit down bitch <laughs> dude we had who we, we had a 
we had a black guest in here. We were talking about getting scared. Who was it? Donnell Rawlings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've all, I always felt like uh, that black people don't get nervous. I always felt like. Didn't you ever? On did stage? You ever, no, period. Like, did you ever? Like, white people always felt like we have, like, a thing where we get nervous. And, like, black people don't have that. Like, uh, like I remember asking him, I'm like, dude, do you guys get nervous? Like, it just doesn't. We well, the thing about it is white people have way more skeletons right. in the closet than black people. Right. You know, black people like historically, especially in this country, their history's laid out there. Yeah. You know, white people we did a lot of dirty shit, but we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. We did some dirty like I was just in Tulsa a couple weeks ago and I, I found out about Black Wall Street. You heard about that? Uh uh-uh. uh. In two thousand twenty one it'll be the hundred year anniversary, and it was like this thirty six block area of Tulsa mm-hmm. that black people were flourishing mm-hmm. like they had the, they had supermarkets and doctor's offices and clubs and restaurants and big homes and they, they they were like they were like living in a bubble mm-hmm. and uh all of a sudden this this black teenager got caught with this white girl and they didn't even caught do anything they just got got caught together alone in a building wow. and all the white people came after this black teenager and the sheriff was like no the white girl's not pressing charges. He didn't do anything wrong. And this mom mentality happened, and they just started, like, literally murdering black people, like, on their front porches. Jesus. And and they looted the businesses. And then the, the, the like, National Guard came in and bombed Black Wall Street, like, completely bombed it. And it was like, for what? Yeah. And then, the, like, I'm sitting, I'm like, I never even heard of this. And then this girl, like, gave me an entire breakdown of what happened. And then she said, what's crazy about the aftermath is like there'd be like black women walking down the street years later and they'd see a white lady with like the, her watch on or her necklace. And you just, what are you going to do? You can't do anything. Oh, that was from one of their from stores? From their, their store or their house. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like, it's a it's a dirty part of American history. And I'm sh- I, I would put money because it's coming up the 100th anniversary. There'll be a movie or a TV show about it. Oh, yeah. Soon. Yeah. Because I just heard, I was like, what? How did I hear about it? I've heard the term Black Wall Street. I just didn't know what it meant. Do you think sometimes that too many movies and, and, and media want to like, are just making money even more off of just rehashing uh, a bad past instead of like finding solution and stuff and moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it is, it is, it's, it's part of our history, though. So it right. happened. <clears throat> Do you, you feel know? like sometimes, though, it's like they don't always give like every side of the story it feels like sometimes there's only just just one side of a story you know sometimes it's like at a certain point aren't they just using black people again like by by using these stories just to make money when a lot of people are it feels to me like a lot of people are moving forward and a lot and sometimes it's just like a regurgitation of you know like how many times can you make people that currently like a slave movie you're gonna make another slave movie sometimes yeah it's like at what point do you say look <clears throat> let's just make a movie just you know how many times do we have to do we have to do this same exact movie you know yeah yeah i mean it's like because because the, then they're just using black people again because i'm sure it's mm-hmm. a lot of white ownership that owns these studios to then once again well there, i mean make money but this time they're doing it under the guise of that we're helping black yeah. america yeah, i mean there's definitely a disconnect between the the powers that be that that are the head of these studios, you know, cause they don't, they just don't know. They, you know, they, that's like, we're standups. I don't, this what I get about standups and, and we talk about sitcoms and everything else is, is, you know, the state of sitcoms is so bad right now because 
I, if I'm the head of a network, I want to take a stand that's on the road, grinding, because I feel like they have the pulse of what the country's going through, especially yeah. the flyover states. And you got guys in New York and L.A., they don't, they're not in Nebraska. Right. They're not in Iowa. They don't know what's making those people tick. Oh, you know? and not only that, but then these same networks go and make fun of those people, and they like did not like, you know, it just seems like a lot of times that good people who haven't done a lot of stuff wrong have really been through enough. But these, but it's just like, how many times are we going to bring stuff up that something I didn't do, something I didn't have a part of, and I would mm-hmm. never be a part of, you know? But it's like, I mean, I don't. Did know. you watch Central Park? Did you watch? Uh, I haven't seen when, it yet. When they I want to see it on <clears throat> Netflix. There was there's. there's Ava did something cool with that is, you know, it definitely was those four boys got railroaded yeah, bad. that's what I heard. But you also see when when one of them goes to prison, one of them really had a bad, Corey Wise was one of them. Like, he he got it the worst, and he didn't do anything. He, he just went to go support his friend at the police station, basically. Wow. And they brought him in, and he's the one that caught the worst, did the most time, had the roughest time. But they showed how one guard... And at Rikers was kind of a dick to him and and was using him and he had to give him like all this extra shit to protect him basically. And I don't know what that guard was. Are you mixed or black? I don't know. But then when he got transferred, there was a white guard that really looked out for him. Mm. You know, was fair, gave him books to read when he was in solitary, you know what I mean? And and it was just a and it was never brought up. It's not like the white cop helped me. It was just there. And like I, I thought it was cool how she made that apparent. Mm. You know, to me, I noticed it. Right. I don't know if everybody else did, but I noticed it. Right. You got a kid that don't trust anybody. It's been railroaded by the white people. But it was the white guard that would kind of went like, it was similar to that in Hurricane with Denzel. Mm-hmm. Remember the white guard was the one that was like happy for him when he got exonerated. The and he was like looking out for him a little bit in the prison. I don't remember that part. I mean, I believe it. I just it was the guy. It was the guy from God. What is his name? He's in a lot of freaking movies, man. My favorite movie he's in was Bad Boys, not with Will Smith. The one with Sean Penn when he was a teenager in prison. You see that one? Came out like eighty one. Uh uh. That's a great. I was one years old. Yeah, but it comes out. I saw The Wizard of Oz. It came out in forty six. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a movie you can't see him, Theo, just because you. Dude, I was one. What is it? I don't see movies before nine. I don't want you to picture me walking into the fucking theater. (laughs) No, Bad Boys. Look up Bad Boys with Sean Penn. That's a great fucking movie, man. Really? I love Sean Penn, man. Eighty three. Eighty three. Uh, check great it out. flick, dude. It, uh, brutal though. Fuck it, that guy with the blonde hair, curly hair, dude. Yeah. What's his name? Rini Santorini. That's not him. Santoni. No, he's got a normal name. Like, Isa Morales. Why? Clancy Isa? Brown. Isa is that Morales, no? His name's Clant. That fucking guy's name is Clancy Brown. What's his name in the movie? Do you know? I don't know. He, he was the blonde hair guy. There was a picture of him. You guys went away from it. Yes. Uh, the blonde hair, curly guy. That guy. His name's Clancy Brown. That's Clancy Brown. Yeah, you know who that is? He was in, yeah, Shawshank. He was the guard in Shawshank. It was bad. But he was oh, in Hurricane. Wow. He looked out for uh, Denzel in Hurricane. <laughs> that guy's a great actor. He plays a lot of prison guards, evidently. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Shawshank was a bad one. Uh, bad Boys, he was one of the gangsters. He was one of the the, the kids in there. Because it's, Sean, it's about, it's about guys going to a, this terrible juvie home. Hmm. But I could it, watch it. Man, Bad, bad Boys, Boys huh? is good, man. I could watch Bad Boys. I would watch that. Do you feel like when something's released in like black culture, you're like, oh, fuck, I got to watch this. Just no, I'd be like, why am I not in it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I see a white guy in a black movie, I'm like, really? 
Yeah. <laughs> he can't promote like that. Yeah. He can't promote like I can promote. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's funny because, uh, you know. what Do people think you were in movies that you were not in? Like I, Oh, it's Malibu's Most Wanted? Yeah. They think I was in Malibu's Most Wanted. <laughs> like we was talking, talking to your buddy. I was like, some people think I'm in power right now. Mice and Man. Uh, of Maisha uh, and Man. I could see you in that. <laughs> no, as any other movies I, I, I. Oh, um. There was a movie called The Breaks with Mitch Mullaney. Mm-mm. People think I was the lead in that. Really? Yeah. He passed away like 10 years ago. I could see that, man. I'm trying to think of some other people. I get I People get st- think you're Darren Carter if he got on HGH. I know that sometimes. Nah, I don't like nothing like Darren. Darren started <laughs> in San Diego. Dude, Darren's funny, man. You put Darren in front of a big crowd, bro. I don't know anybody that could kill us hard, man. He kills, bro. That's fine. Like this. He murders, I mean, I man. That's fine. Uh, um, no, when I started stand-up in San Diego, uh, it was funny. The first couple of times I would go to the comedy store and sit in the back and just watch. Mm-hmm. I remember it was like Bobby Lee, Darren Carter was that crew. And I remember Darren one time went up and uh, got a heckler and destroyed him. And I went, oh, my God, this is the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first time you see a comic live deal with a heckler, you're like, I got to work on some shit. <laughs> I got to go home right I would have left. Yeah, you I got to find I mean? out who my real dad is. Yeah, yeah. First time you see a comic do like an hour strong, you're like, holy fuck! Yeah. You're like five minutes. Yeah. When you first start, that five minutes seems like three hours. Oh, dude, it's so. And you're like, oh, that third joke is gonna kill us. You only only have three. You're like, once you get to that third one, you got just... no right or left either. You can't uh-uh. take a right turn. You're like, this is it. I'm working on this in the mirror. Yeah, one guy drops a glass during your first joke, and it ruins a, your whole night. Yeah, ruins your whole drive home. You don't even acknowledge the crowd. Yeah, like you are on autopilot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like literally, nine eleven could happen, and you're just going through the building. <laughs> Uh, if there was a uh, there was like an open micer at like a corporate event during 9-11, he would not have acknowledged the building's fault. Yeah. <laughs> he would have still been like, so then my daughter, <laughs> she, everybody's dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? He wouldn't even acknowledge an open mic. Uh, two more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Did they light me? Oh, that's just a fire, de- right. fire department coming. We got some news topics. Let's get into a few, Nick. Sure. Uh, first up, uh, it's been kind of a recurring story on this podcast. But uh, the leader of the Nexium quote-unquote sex cult was convicted on all all charges this morning. They got him. Where's that at? It was in L.A. Um, uh, the uh, Allison Mack. That guy was the lead? Yeah. yeah. Is that Elizabeth Warren's daughter? <laughs> First of all. That guy was the lead of a sex cult. Yeah. Yeah, we had someone um, on the, from the sex cult on the podcast that I booked. And the sex cult cured his... Tourette's. Tourette's. But the reason we... But we didn't know. We, he, yeah, we only booked him because he had Tourette's, and we brought him in here, and the whole time he thought it was a setup, and we were going to ask him about the sex cult, but then it came out throughout the interview, and yeah, so we, we've just learned more about it. And we had Michael Rosenbaum in, who was cast members with Allison Mack, who was also... <clears throat> she caught charges in this. Now, what about he this? He branded him? Huh? Well, look, dude, you can't have people. Look, you can't have your sex culties getting into the neighbor's sex culties yard. Good lord, you know. I'm just saying, man, you can't have. You know, I'm just amazed that this guy was the leader, bro. If Brenda jumps the fence, you got to know. You know, Um, here's what I'm going to ask you. Here is, would you think about that R. Kelly sex cult, man? What was going on? I know you're. You you know, you got your whole life on the pulse of black culture. So, what do you? What was going on there? Because you're in the Midwest, you're in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it's just. Did you know what was going on over the years? Uh, not till the the piss tape came out. But then when was that? That was 15 years ago. uh, You know, but R. Kelly had the deep pockets. Like he had a lot of. Were you getting paid off? No, 
No, I didn't even get tickets to his concert. Okay, well, nothing. Then. No, I I bought twelve play like everybody else. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, me too. No, he uh, you know he had a lot of the Chicago PD in his pocket. Yeah, and then when the the money wasn't there, can't help you. All of a sudden, now everybody's got lawsuits and tapes coming out. But I watched the Surviving R. Kelly, and I was more like those parents, the the two girls now that he has. Yeah, those parents brought those girls around. That's like famous a drug, man. They yeah. brought their daughters around, going, "No, but he he was uh you know he was exonerated, you know he he, he wasn't guilty." I'm like, really? There's a tape. But there's such night right, and there's such night. There seems to Stop be back. this strange naivety of, uh, amongst parents almost because the same thing happened with the um with the Michael Jackson, you know, with the, with him with the family just repeatedly bringing the kids around, knowing the kids were like in very precarious situations. Like you don't as leave a parent, your kid alone either, right? But as a parent, do you see how that kind of? I mean, how 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 could something like that kind of happen? Like. Where, well, some parents, fame is intoxicating, and you're almost in awe. I mean, think about a religious figure. I mean, Michael Jackson was as close as you can get yeah. to, like, damn near the Pope. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, holy shit, the 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 biggest star on earth likes my likes my family, wants to hang out. The, the weird thing about the surviving Neverland, which I don't believe, some of it I didn't believe. I think they were indulging some of it, but the fact that Mike would just go to somebody's house in like the valley. Yeah. Just be walking down the street. Can you imagine doing the dishes? Like, oh, fuck, look at Michael Jackson. Yeah. Walking down the street. You He's checking I mean? the mail. What the fuck? That's yeah. old boy. Yeah. <laughs> that's old boy right there. That's you. That's no, you. that's you, you. You and the Billy G. <laughs> yeah, that's you, Thriller. Oh, that's Billy G. Get out of here, man. <laughs> Where your coat at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was on stage actually at a, doing an open mic here in LA at Westwood Brewing Company. This is probably maybe 13 years ago. And and there's a window outside from that goes to the alley and across from that there's an oz a a h h s costume shop and michael jackson pulled up there one night with his kids and got out of a car after hours and then let him into the costume shop and he was really? in there buying stuff and then got back into their car and left yeah i was on stage man it's crazy and i literally looked out the window and i was like oh michael jackson's out there with his <laughs> children going into the costume That's fucking store. crazy i thought i would get to meet him uh i had a I had a development deal with Quincy Jones, mm. and we had it for two years, and we just couldn't get couldn't get the show off the ground for whatever reason. But I'm, I was always over like Quincy's house trying to develop and everything, and I kept just thinking, I know I'm going to go there one day, and Mike's just going to be there. Wow, I know it. And Quincy's got the best stories, does he? And you know he's not lying. Some people like indulge, like like that Michael Jackson story. I don't know if I really believe you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like. Oh, well, I look, trust I, you. I barely believe me. But I'm like this. Mm, might have, I think it might have been Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was Tito. It was not Mike, dude. Sounds good. I'm just kidding. But uh, no, no, uh, like, like Quincy stories, you know he's telling the truth. Like wow. when he's talking about Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack and shit like you like this. I just couldn't get enough of it. Because he would, we half the time I was with Quincy, he'd be like, we'd be trying to put a show together, but the show would take 15 minutes and then it'd be a two hour session. Of him just talking about life wow. and shit that he's seen and everything else. You know what I mean? I was like... He's been through a lot, huh? I mean, he's seen it all. He's seen it all. MJ, all of it. What about... What was that I heard? This is maybe a couple years ago. That you and Cat Williams went or had an investment or something together. I don't know if it was Mm-mm. a food or restaurant. Nope. I want to say Whataburger or something, but I'm not sure. The only person ever asked me to invest in a restaurant was Nick Lachey. Really? He opened up the bar, Lachey's, and he he tried to get, and he opened the bar in the restaurant. 
but he was trying to get all like Cincinnati investors. Hmm. So he got like a couple, a couple of the Reds and uh, the Bengals and other people in there. And it just when I talked to my uh, accountant, he was just like, "Restaurants aren't a good investment. We're not doing that." Yeah, yeah, you don't want to put up any that amount of money uh, for that. But did you and so you and Cat Williams never did like a Whataburger or anything like that? Mm. What did I hear? I don't know where you hear that at. Have you ever worked with Cat Williams or met him? Yeah, yeah. Every black comic I know, trust. I've worked with every one of them. Wow. What is Cat Williams like? Because I saw him one time, right? He was riding on a bicycle with that had those, uh, it had like these kind of lights in the wheels down Sunset Boulevard with a couple of other guys. Oh, really? Yeah. Cat's, uh, he's, he he, he reminds me of of a kid kind of. He marches to the beat of his own drum without question. Like, you know, you gotta realize I've known Cat since 98. Wow. So that's when he first, he had one tooth in the front, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, uh, he, but he was he was crazy. Cat always rolled like he was a huge star. Even when he was like featuring, he had a bodyguard. Wow. Even when he got on JetBlue, he had a bunch of <laughs> fake chains on. Like he was rolling like I'm the guy, just waiting for it. Yeah. And then when he got Friday, the the second Friday, it was like that part was written for him. But nobody else could play that. Yeah. You know, I mean, other people could, but it was him. It was all him. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, he always rolled like he had. He did one of the, and I, I've said this on stage, he did one of the coolest things a comic ever did for me after a show. And we were in Austin, Texas, and it literally was a two, it might be one other person, but it was me and Kat on the show. Mm-hmm. And it was a weird time in his career because six months prior, we had did Kent State, and he was bubbling like people knew him, but kind of knew him, right? And then all of a sudden, I got this contract, and we were at the basketball arena where the University of Texas plays. I go, why would we be there? I'm thinking me and Kat are good for like 1,500 seats. Right. Not 10,000, right? And I get there and I go, oh, fuck, this guy popped in six months, right? Wow. So Was that pretty crazy to see? What was it like to kind of witness something like that? I, you're just like, it happened. I don't really think about it. Did like, you even oh. think it could happen? Was it the first time you kind of saw something like that happen? Yeah, I was like, um, you're more like how, like what, what was it that made him pop? Because I think we're every now and then it happens, like with Tiffany Haddish and Girls Trip. There's that one role that people just boom. Yeah, but I think it's more now you just pepper people, you keep peppering them, and then hope then, then you mace them. Yeah, yeah, then you mace them right. <laughs> but I don't know. I, you know, he, Friday had been out for a couple of years, and then the HBO special came out, and whatever he just popped, and it was crazy. So we we get done with the show. And then my limo, we, we had two separate limousines. So my buddies were in town. And I was like, I asked my driver, I said, yo, can I get the limo for a couple more hours? And he was like, it's 300 bucks. And I was like, all right. So I tried to give him cash. And he wouldn't take it. He goes, I need a credit card. And I go, but it's, it's cash. You ain't got to tell nobody, dude. Just take it. He goes, dude, I can't. Company policy. As I'm having the discussion, mm-hmm. Cap pulled up. And Cap goes, hey, Gary, what's going on? You going out? What are you doing? I said, yeah, I'm going out for a couple hours. I said, but my driver said, he don't take cash. He needs a credit card. And Cat goes, hold on. He took my driver around the back of his limo. And to this day, I don't know how much money he gave my driver. All I know is Cat walked by me, and this is all he said. He goes, he's yours for the evening, Gary. Enjoy your night. Oh, yes, they do accept cash. (laughs) (laughs) And he just left. And I went, thanks. I had never had service like this in my life. That dude, I think he pulled in the club. (laughs) We went to the club, and we were in it. Well, you I saw him out front. I saw him here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the guy was there the next morning. I went, I got back to the room, went to bed, woke up. He was still standing in front of the car. I go, how much fucking money can I give this guy? But it was just cool like that. But I heard Cat was notorious for like, 
the hundred dollar handshakes. Yeah. Like he'd tip somebody and just be a hundred in their hand. Yeah. He you just know? loves that lifestyle. He loves to be able to help out. He loves to be able to it's just something he's he likes pimp. to do. He's a pimp. You know what I mean? He's a, he really is, yeah. But you don't know you don't know what cat you're getting sometimes. Yeah. I've personally I've never seen the wild bad cat. Oh, it could be a yeah. about. It could, be a could be an alley cat. cat. It could be an alley cat. It could be a house cat. It could be a saber tooth tiger. Yeah, you don't know what you're getting that day. Um, but I never, I never had any any real issues with any comics, like no. as far as confronting me or. What about trap house stuff? Because I know you know they have a lot of black trap house activity. Have you ever been involved in anything? like Nope. That? Well, damn, dude. I'm Fresh Prince Black man. <laughs> oh, you are. Oh, what you? Th- I ain't this ain't the Wire. <laughs> oh damn! Well, look, Jeez, oh. What the fuck you said? Trap house activity? I'm just trying <laughs> to. Yeah, think. man. I'm leaving here. <laughs> dude, I'm just. That's trying- why I'm fun. I'm, a, lot of, a lot of comics hustle merch. I hustle coke, bro. I'm after just, my shows, <laughs> dude. Tell me everything you know, man. I want to know about Levar Ball. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Levar Ball cares about his children? That's yeah. what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, they they're mixed, like you said, well, watered down. Yeah. If that dude was all black, God, Lonzo would be a oh, beast. Oh, could you imagine? Well, first of all, be Alonzo. They would have never traded him. Okay. They would have never traded him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. LeBron and who? The other one is uh, LeGere. LaMelo? Yeah, LaMelo, dude. That's a soda. Okay. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Mellow yellow. Don't you miss good? Like when I was growing up, they had wild black names. Blizzard. Dude, we had a I've kid. never met a Blizzard in my life. <laughs> you, you met a Blizzard? In the South, man. We had a blizzard. Magma, Magma Jackson. Yep, Magma, coincidence. Okay, go to Facebook and find me fucking Magma Jackson. Find me blizzard. I was taking Theo's word for it. Pull up, go to Facebook and just pull up blizzard and see if any names pop up. Like if you put up Mary Jones, there's going to be a million Mary Joneses that come down. See how many people are named blizzard. It's Blizz Wilson or Zard Wilson. He's not real. Come on, blizzard. Come on, come on, Blizzard. Theo's like, fuck, come on, Blizz. <laughs> oh, ne- oh, it's not coming up. Nick, well, let's get to some other news then. We have, some other- <laughs> <laughs> we have two Patreon Look, questions. And we all know Theo's from Boston, <laughs> right? <laughs> Theo went to private school. Where's Blizzard at? Oh, we're looking for a first name Blizzard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that could be him down there. That's Terrence Blizzard. Blizzard Jackson, there we go. There he is. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's on MySpace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even Facebook's like, dude. Yeah, broke the search. <laughs> Look, you know what's going to come up? Theo's lying. <laughs> they might go, he might go by BJ. Just put in BJ and see what comes up. Oh, Theo's going to Jackson. Oh, oh shit. There you go. Gang, gang, boy. Is that, he's white. Huh? Blizzard Jackson's white as we fuck. We don't know. That's just, I mean, look, he could put anybody as I think it's like Sammy picture. Sosa. He's, he's got all black friends, all though. All black friends. <laughs> he's got 17 friends. Oh, that, that seems like about him, kind of. He was very much kept to himself. <laughs> Did you really know a guy named Blizzard Jackson? 100%. They from, call, where, where is he from? BJ, they called him. He's from Slidell, Louisiana. Slidell's outside of New Orleans, right? Yep, they called him Blizz. Some people called him Blizz. Some people called him Zard. Magma Jackson? Mm-mm. And I'm not going to say they were related, but I'll just say that a similar last name. <laughs> what about Coincidence Carter? Like... Oh, nope. man, he must have passed. I definitely, I definitely <laughs> spelled that wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. <laughs> and you might have passed. All these get... people Theo's talking about, like, no. not ringing a bell. I think it has a couple cues in nope. it. Let's get to some more news. What else do we have, Nick? <laughs> We actually also have a couple Patreon questions for Gary. Okay, let's get to that then. Uh, 
Question, you got it, you got it. All right, cool. Uh, question one from John Page. Uh, Gary, do you feel like you have a sort of special permission to dive deeper into jokes that analyze black culture because your wife is African-American? Yeah, of oh, course. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah like I said, the met- black people trust me. Yeah. You know, I'm a friend. You I'm want, a friend when they come. Then you got to start playing the middleman, dude. It's if there's any miscommunications, you know? I'm here. Just white America don't know yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why when you said questions, you got two. Okay. <laughs> we got two questions for Gary. Well, we actually had a lot, but we only picked All I right. picked two of these. And the second one was um, uh, from Dalton Wyndham. It was, what was the craziest thing you've ever seen happen at a comedy club? Uh, crazy thing. Oh, man. Most of it's in the early days because when you're open mic and you're hitting bars, mm-hmm. uh, you see some wild shit. Uh, for me personally, I uh, you threw an egg roll. It's- no, I got a, I got, I got escorted. I was in Louisville, Kentucky, and it was the night before Thanksgiving, which is a big party night. And this guy named Spike Davis had a one night. Look him up. Spike Davis is legit. You gonna find Spike Davis? I'll look him up, dude. Watch, watch how fast Spike Davis pulls up. <laughs> oh, Bam! Damn. Holy shit! And he's from Louisville. What the fuck? Okay, okay, we'll accept Spike um, Davis. Oh yeah, no, you can Google Spike Davis. He's comedian. right there. Spike Davis. Where? Carnival Cruise Line. Comedian he's a, he's, at Carnival. Comedian. He's doing cruise lines now? Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Look, the University of Louisville. That's See, my shit pops up. I don't know who you be lying <laughs> to, Leo. But this guy, okay, so this guy, Spike Davis, he had a Wednesday night in Louisville. Mm-hmm. And the problem with his show was, uh, there was, you know, you're, you're on the chairs are on a dance floor. Mm-hmm. And the later it gets, the, the night turned into a club. So the comedy is supposed to start at 8. It should be over by 10. So yeah. people get, well, the show starts late. Then I'm the headliner, so I'm going up late. So by the time I hit the stage, pushing 10 45. So people start to come in that want to go party. So you're fighting these, the, you know, the people here are laughing, but the people are here, they're ready to party. Yeah. They're like, get this fucking dude off the stage. We're at a party. So you're dealing with it. So I start getting hecklers. So I'm having fun with this one guy. Like we're going back and forth, and it's actually galvanizing the crowd because now everybody's in on it. But the guy said, hey, man, why don't you come on stage, man? We can play the dozens. You know, not knowing two people didn't like me. So I turn around, and I think from me to you, there was two brothers, gold fronts, oh. didn't like they have shit to lose. They were just on the stage. Oh. And I went, oh, shit. I jumped off the stage <laughs> into the DJ booth. Can you jump off? And I far? still had the mic. Back then, I could get, dude, when your life's in danger, yeah, you can jump watch. Yeah, watch Peter that. Parker. So... <laughs> I'm still got the mic talking shit to him, right? And they're getting upset. <laughs> so they the li- literally, they escorted him out. I, I I didn't know they had undercover people in the club, right? Police officers. They escort the guys out. They literally, I'm not lying. They had me ducking down, mm-hmm. took me out a back door, and got in a car, and the guy had his pistol out, driving me to the hotel. Wow. And I was like, well, I was like, what the fuck's going on? I go, dude, he's, we're just playing safe. I think they were just, they didn't tell me. Clearly, those guys Hit were trouble. Yeah. So they was like, we're just playing it safe, you know, take me back to the hotel. So I get back to the hotel and they go, uh, they were going to have somebody sit in the parking lot until I left the next day. I go, dude, I'm leaving tonight. Damn. So this dude followed, and I was living in Cincy, so it's just like an hour or two hour drive. Is this so the, the Underground Railroad, dude? No. So the dude followed me. On? Literally, he followed me back till I got on 75. And then I got once I got on the highway, he like flashed flashes lights and he veered off. And then I just drove back home. I was like, "What the fuck was all that? Why does Spike call me like after the weekend and goes, hey, man, 
They love you down here, man. They want you back. I was like, I will never be back in that fucking club. <laughs> the fact that he waited like four days, like I'm going to forget. I got escorted out. Hey, man, they love you down here. He never brought up. I got escorted out. Dudes rush the stage. They love you down here, man. They want you back. I will never be back in your club, bro. Never. And I got sucker punched in detroit after a show oh wow dude so, you're you know, out i've there been doing the... it i've been doing it 20 years this is minor shit yeah that's right? true actually and all this shit happened early none of this shit has happened in the last 10 years yeah. right so i'm in detroit and after my show i go to this place called the lyceum right mm-hmm. like, i'm not lying like i'm theo shit i'm like this oh, i'm dude, not lying it's Look, all be- my shit's legit you can find lyceum nightclub in detroit michigan yeah let's see uh, if that's a real i don't thing. know how lyceum? you spell it I don't know how you spell it. Lyceum was the name. Detroit. Look up Lyceum Hanson, too, a kid I went to junior high with. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. He's out there. Oh, they never heard of it, it says right uh-uh, there. Uh-uh. Watch how that shit pops up. I mean, keep me on, it's 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It never happened. <laughs> Damn, There's pictures of it, man. That ain't, dude, that's, that could be anything, man. You're spelling it wrong. There's an S. <laughs> oh, come on, let's go. There's an S in it. Fucking got on a spell. That's your problem. Oh, he's fine, dude. That guy is doing fine, dude. <laughs> dude, it's called Lyceum. E Lyceum. I think it was an E in the front. <laughs> no, who gives it? There the front. E in the front. No, fuck this. E Lyceum. E Lounge. Oh my God, Gary told the truth again. So, anyways, closed. All right. So I'm at Elysium Lounge. This thing got three stars, dude. <laughs> hey, shut up. Uh, look, <laughs> it was after my show. We go to Elysium, right? And when I walked in, like these three girls was like, Gary, can we get a picture? I was like, yeah. So I take a picture with them. Then I go to the bar. I got my buddy Reggie and his wife, right? Mm-hmm. So the bartender comes and goes, $125 for three drinks. I was like, what? I go, how much are the drinks? They go, well, those girls said you were buying their drinks too. Without even looking at the girls, I looked at the bartender. I go, oh, I'm not buying no bitches drinks here tonight. <laughs> and all of a sudden I turned around. The girl's like, you call us a bitch? And I was like, no, I said bitches per se, like bitches. <laughs> But I never got to say that. I don't know where these fists came from, but mm-hmm. these dudes went bing, bing, bing. Like I got hit three times. Bing, from men? Bing. Yeah. Over the girls, right? I don't even know who the dudes were to this day. Yeah. Right? And uh, I literally just hit my buddy Reggie. I go, let's go, man. This place is whack. So, so I just walked out of club. Now I'm in the car and I'm in the rear view mirror like, looking like this to make sure I'm not cut up. I'm fine. And then his wife comes out. Reggie's wife comes out, her girlfriend. She's like... She's hysterical. She goes, Gary, you all right? I said, yeah, yeah. I go, what happened? She goes, that was like the funniest and scariest shit. They said, because you were getting hit but still talking. Oh, yeah. It happened so fast. So really, I was like, I ain't calling by a bitch. <laughs> Let's go, Reg. This place is whack. <laughs> <laughs> and all I was thinking was, I was on, I just got hired to be on House of Pain, that, sh- that Tyler Perry show. Oh, you want to get on. in trouble. I didn't start filming yet. I didn't want to show up dotted up. Yeah. There, there was nothing in my in me that said fight back or figure out what's going on it just said get the fuck out yeah you know this could get worse and i just i'm just so glad i didn't have any marks on me do you I did s- have a knot up here they got me pretty good really but i ducked i guess got me up i there. got punched by a guy on steroids during uh and hit with a fence board once at mardi gras by a guy did you just um, story tommy do you <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> no seriously i got no i got hit do by, you get more uh, nervous man if you're like in an all-black environment do you get nervous sometimes mm-hmm. not at all yeah i don't really get nervous anymore you just I, w- I wish I could get that feeling when I first started doing stand-up. Oh, on, on nervous on stage? Just the, the the drive to the comedy club or wherever you're about to perform, I wish I could get that feeling again. Yeah. Because I felt like you just felt like your senses was on 20. 
you didn't want to hear nothing. You couldn't talk to anybody in the car. You're just, you're so, oh. yeah. I wish I could get that feeling. Like the open mic days, God. It was such a good feeling inside. Isn't it so funny that you're so scared them and you can't go back to that, you can't just can't go back in, there's no way to get back there, really? Yeah. It's it's like, it almost felt like when you were playing high school football, like before the game oh, started. Oh, yeah, you're I remember like, that. It's the closest feeling I've had to that, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, nowadays you just, it's you know, you're not like nervous, you're just like, okay, it's a job. Back then, you're, you're, it's not about ticket prices, it's not about ticket sales, not about what the check is, it's just it's straight. I want these people to laugh at these jokes. I hope these jokes work. Yeah. Now there's so much else that goes with it. You're looking at your guy. Did you count the room? Yeah. All right. What kind of percentage deal we got? Yeah, this ain't, you know teri- what I mean? this ain't teriyaki chicken. Right. We got... <laughs> Where's my... <laughs> this ain't fucking teriyaki chicken, you Back then you're like this. Plastic what? Cambodian. Yeah. You guys don't have a sense yet? Yeah. The fuck? Man, I'm drinking Fiji. Fake Cambodians, dude. Camphodians, bro. <laughs> hey, let's take this question that came right here for you, uh, Gary Owen. <clears throat> What's up, Gary? What's up, Theo, gang, gang? Um, what's it like being a Bengals fan? Uh, I can name two Bengals players ever. Chad Ochocinco and uh, the endangered species quarterback. So I just want to know what, what it, what's that like, man? Tyler Eifert, Icky Woods. You ever met Icky? Mm-hmm. Icky's a good dude. Still lives in Cincy. Does he? Mm-hmm. He had a he had a tragedy. It's like his son, his son was a really good high school football player and passed away. He had like some weird oh. asthma attack or something. Came out of nowhere. Like it shouldn't have killed him. Yeah, and he passed away. Oh. Icky's a good dude. Uh, listen, man. I don't know how that fucker don't know two Bengals. Tyler Eifert, the greatest offensive tackle in the NFL is Anthony Munoz. Yeah, like and that is not even up for debate. Yeah. So, Suck a cock, dude. Well, I mean, yeah. No, everybody, I'm just no, everybody nah, knows that. No, it's fine, fan. but he's not a position player. He's not like, you know. Yeah. It's tough being a Bengals fan, man. It's like an abusive relationship. It's like Ike and Tina Turner. Just keep coming back for more abuse. Yeah. But we got a new coach, got a new regime. You know, I, I tell you, I, I, I caught a lot of little flack last year because I did a video. I was kidding. And I did a video like, hey, Bengals, uh, front office, you think you guys can maybe take care of me this year if I want to go to a game? Or I'm, the, I'm like one of the few. It's like literally me and Nick Lachey are the only two people out there that are vocal about being Bengals fans yeah. that are on TV and, and and are out there in entertainment. And I called for tickets one time and they said no. And I went, really? Like my publicist called. She goes, this has never happened, Gary. Like they just said no. And then the guy sent like an eight-page email explaining why they could not leave me tickets to the game. And there was 8,000 empty seats Damn. at the stadium. And I went, you got to be kidding me. And then the players start DMing me like, we'll leave you tickets. Like the players, right? Hilarious. And then uh, it's not about buying the tickets. It's just like, that's your squad. Yeah. You rep them. You go on the NFL Network, ESPN. They know. You think like, they could show Gary's some the love. Bengals guy. Yeah, they know everything. They should know everything that's going on. Well, I mean, that's what you do. Like, like if you see like Seattle, they got a 12th man. Seattle has a suite, the Seahawks, where when their celebs come in that are Seahawks fans, they, they put them in this suite. And go to Atlanta. You got Samuel Jackson pumping up the Falcons for the game on the on the on the the big screen and everything. It's like that's just what you do. You take care of you. Robert Kraft always takes care of the Boston guys. Right. Uh, Cincinnati's got two. Well, they should include something fun and something exciting. Do you do you feel like um what they say in the email? What was his It was something about revenue sharing. 
how they can't leave tickets. I go, oh my god! When they went to England three years ago, the Redskins left me tickets. Wow. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. The Redskins front office was like, yeah, we got you. Left me field passes, tickets, and I'm like, the Bengals like, nah, can't do it. I was like, you gotta be. And then last year, so the do you still go to the games? Yeah, because it's not the the I, I'm I'm a fan of the Bengals and they 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 were at my city and the players have nothing to do with that. It's just it's a mom and pops run organization, and you know the, it was crazy because last year I did a funny video go hey Bengals you think if I go to a game this year you guys maybe can take care of me and I gave them like a wink like an Instagram post. So I guess they got a lot of emails from fans going how do you not take care of our guy you know and then uh so they did this this is what they did. They said, yeah, we're going to leave you tickets and field passes and everything to the first home game. But we're going to do a contest where people are going to send in like their email, and then we're going to pick a name to get to go to the game with you. I said, great. So they kind of used it to get people on their email list so they could start sending them like, like packages like, hey, we got a two-game package for you to go to. So then I go to the game with these two fans, had a good time with them, and they took care of me. So then I... Pittsburgh, I found I'm going to be in town on like a week's notice, and it's mm-hmm. the Steeler game. So I sent an email to the girl that was my contact. I go, hey, uh, I'm going to be in town this week. You think it's cool if I come to the game? She goes, oh, no, this game's way too popular. I went, wow. Damn. <laughs> so, they put you in your place, So I, I, I posted, damn, really, Bengals? <clears throat> Guess who called? Bengals, I mean, uh, Pittsburgh's front office. Wow. Guess who left me tickets to the game? Pittsburgh. The fucking Steelers. Damn. And Steelers like, like, was like, we take care of people. I was like this. It's a goddamn shame. Wow. And, and do you think and, it's because of the color of your skin? No, not at all. <laughs> it's just how the Bengals do business. That's their, they're, they're like, it's not a very good front office. And then, uh, so I had Will Packer coming in town. He's a Bucks fan. And I was very animate with the Bengals. Like, if I could pick one game you could take care of me and, and I want to show this guy, this is one of the top movie producers in the world. I was like, he's a Bucks fan. So me and Will always, he comes to um, Cincinnati when the Bucks play, and I go to Tampa when the mm-hmm. Bengals play the Bucks in Tampa. And it's only ever four years because they're in different conferences. And Will was coming, and I asked the Bengals, you know, and they said, yeah, we got you. They left me row 30 Dang. for Will Packer. I went, no way. That's still pretty good, <laughs> man. That's terrible. Really? For the one of the biggest producers in in the world. Movie producers? I don't know who he is, but I don't know who a lot of people you are. You don't know Will Packer? Uh-uh. Okay, he did Think Like a Man, Ride Along, Girls Trip, Night School, Stomp the Yard. Oh, wow. Uh, just show show debuted yesterday in, on Oprah's Network, Ambitions. Will's like the guy right now. Wow. He's got the big deal with Universal. Uh-uh, like his his movies, he's, he doesn't have one L yet. All right. his movies have made money. Yeah, I just don't know any producers. Oh, yeah, I recognize him. Wow. Yeah, maybe they're just a little bit behind the times. You huh? think? You think? Let's get a couple more. Uh, Look, there's there's his movies. There's all his movies. Wow, <clears throat> just we a got few. them hitters, man. Wedding Ringer. That sounds bad. What men want? Jacob's. I mean, he's, he's Jacob's Ladder. Straight must out be of remaking Compton. That. What's about Peeping Tom's? Straight out of Compton. Right along. I'm in. No good deal. Let's hit. Let's. Uh, what are the news we got, Nick? Let's see, Bella Thorne. Her phone was hacked, and they found some of her nudes, and she was being threatened. And so she decided to release them on her own and uh, to get out in front of it. And then nice. uh, Whoopi Goldberg was critical of just her taking pictures in the beginning. Um, oh, yeah. 
And here's what Whoopi had to say. Take Take him and put him in. Listen, if you're famous, I don't care how old you are. You don't take nude pictures of yourself because... she only wants to share with one person. But she should... Listen, when they're hacking you, they're hacking all of your stuff. So whether it's one picture or a million pictures, once you take that picture, it goes into the cloud and it's available to any hacker who wants it. And if you don't know that in 2019, Mm. that this is an issue... You, you. I agree with her. I think. Mm-hmm. And then I agree with her. A lot of people took issue with that and said her, like her logic was flawed. Like, are you never going to buy stuff online because your credit card could get hacked? And Bella Thorne put out a, a tearful response to Whoopi uh, for her victim blaming, essentially. Yeah. Well, it's a. It victim wasn't. It blaming? wasn't that. It was just. I think it was Whoopi's tone. It came across very aggressive. And if she she could have switched yeah. into the same thing. It was like, look, I get it. You wish you could take pictures and send to your husband or your wife. My wife sent me to one time. I said, don't ever fucking do that again. Don't do that shit. And she goes, what? I go, don't. I said, dude, you just you can't risk it. Yeah. Said, don't ever send me no new pic. Damn. Ever. Draw I went, I went off on her. I said, don't do that shit. Yeah. Last thing I want is your shit out there, and I got to deal with that. You yeah. know what I mean? I was fucking jacking off to my wife, and she don't want to do that shit. Get a Polaroid. You know, you... Blizzard Jackson would have definitely jacked off to my wife. Oh, dude, bro. No, question. Blizzard. Blizzard's keeping it. <laughs> Genevieve Conquistador. What was the other guy's name? No. Coincidence. Carter. <laughs> Apparently you guys grew up around some fucking weak fucking powder puff motherfuckers, dude. Yeah. That, that I'll we say can this. find. That Here's we can find. People are using electronics like they and not even thinking about what they do or what they're capable of. I mean, that's one thing. It's like it, it's kind of wild that there isn't a class that shows you all the things that actually go on when you have a phone and when you're sending photos to people and all of this, like the transmission, the things that possibly could get stolen, how things could get taken. That almost seems like it should be a course that should be for children these days because you don't realize the level of the intense power of a phone that you have in your hand. When you send someone a photo, you don't need, you're not, yeah, you're not even thinking, oh, it could go out somewhere. But mm-hmm. this thing's totally capable of that. You know, you're not even knowing what laws are even attached to it that they could be taking what you're saying and using it to advertise against you. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems kind of bizarre. It also seems like, to me also, like Bella Thorne seems like a little bit of a fucking nutcase. But so does Wolpe, so I'm not surprised that both well, of them Well, like I said, it was, that was all her tone. Like, she was basically scolding Bella Thorne instead of a, saying, look, yeah. it's not your fault at all, but you just got to be careful. You got to realize once you send those nudes, you take that risk. Yeah, this isn't you drawing getting, a picture and handing it to somebody, yeah. you know? Yeah, for real. This so is, I think that was just all her tone. Yeah. You know, I think that's a good point. And any uh, most dramatic actresses are sensitive. Yeah, sensitive creatures, man. Insane, they also say. Uh, at yeah. a certain point, I worked with that girl on the Bad Baby music video, and she was um, who Bella Thorne? Yeah, and she was. I mean, she's definitely attractive, but I don't know. I could see anybody, any of those people having like an ego that was just to me was astronomical. You know, but then also she's a big star, I guess. Um, what's what's her biggest credit? She's she was on a she came up on a Disney show, um, and was doing that for a while, and then now she does she she doesn't do like huge studio movies, but she does like the teen stuff like that. So but she wasn't in the trap. She was Netflix? not in the trap now. What about the trap so. six? I don't know her. Um, what about this? What else do we have, Nicholas? That's kind of it for news. Yeah, we're we're at about ninety five minutes. Okay, cool. Wow, we're deep, man. 
That's what I do, man. Time with me just flies by. Tell me, you have any good Gary Minky stories out of Cincinnati or not? Holy shit! How do you know Gary Minky? Bro, who doesn't know Gary Minky? For our listeners, Gary Minky. Holy fuck! You talk about taking me back. <laughs> oh, Gary Minky. You're gonna get burned eventually. Oh, dude. Gary Minky is a fucking Minky, is a bro. magical little Israelite that. <laughs> But like lost half of his house and like uh, I don't know what happened to fucking him. Fucking Gary Minky. But he's like a guy who booked. That's people. a real person. That's not Blizzard Jackson. Oh, sure it is. <laughs> Minky's real. I don't believe anything you say anymore. Gary Minky. Okay, Gary Minky was a guy that. Let me tell you the good and bad thing about Gary Minky. If you were struggling and you had a halfway decent name and said Gary, I need five hundred dollars. Yeah. He would find you a gig somewhere. Yep. Somewhere he'd be like, "Yo, Dover, Delaware. Somewhere in America. I got you. Got you. You know what I mean? But just trust you're gonna get burned at some point. Yeah. And Gary burned me New Year's Eve in Orlando. I'll never forget it. I, I had it probably 2005 or six. I bet. So he goes, Gary, man. Uh, look, I'm on one New Year's Eve this year. I said, All right. And I'm I'm okay, but I'm not really moving tickets enough. I have to be at a comedy club to move tickets. Mm-hmm. You can't put me in a place. Where they don't normally see comedy. Okay. You know what I mean? So he books me at some club that has a stage that doesn't do comedy, but they do shows. Right. I'm thinking 12 people were there, and they kept holding the show, and I go, guys, they're not coming. Like, I'm telling the dude that's there, I go, like, a bus is not about to pull up and 500 people get out. It's, yeah. it, let's just do this 12 people and get on with it, right? They ain't having money, right? They the the club guy like oh I, I didn't make no money man I'm like well my deal's with Mickey so I'm calling Gary like yeah man we got you we got you I, I got it I go Gary I need something man I done so basically long story short I ain't get shit yeah. so I flew down the only thing Gary got me was the hotel room yeah you know what I mean and then it was funny because the guy his business partner like Gary Mickey is a, a stumpy white dude yeah so he short. had this he had this other black dude that was his the co-promoter on this with Mankey, right? Mm-hmm. So the black just wanted to pick me from the airport. And when I left and I go, don't worry about it. I don't need to ride home. I don't need to see. I'll deal with Gary. I don't know you like that, right? Mm-hmm. So the black guy had the nerve like a year later to show up and call the Tampa Improv to say he knows me and wanted tickets to the show. And I go, no, that guy's got to buy tickets. Oh, damn. So then he buys tickets. So then afterwards, he's coming up. Dang, like you're the Cincinnati Bengals all of a sudden. Right. Then he, <laughs> <laughs> then he comes out afterwards like, he like doesn't even bring up the fact you guys still owe me money from New Year's. Wow. And he's got like his whole crew with them, and they're taking pictures with me. And he goes, yeah, I'm going to get one of them T-shirts, man, one of them merch shirts. Like my, my Brad's like, oh, I do. I go, charge him. Right? He was like so just stared at Brad. Brad was like, you know, $20. It was like a stare off. Wow. He like, and he looked at me. He looked at Brad. And I go, and I'm looking. I'm like, it's $20 for a t shirt. Like, t- he just didn't want to be embarrassed. Oh. He thought he was just going to grab some shit for his people. Like, we're boys. I'm like, dude, did you forget? What happened? You fucking didn't pay me? That's Minky, bro. You know? <laughs> Man, I, that, I, I haven't worked with Minky since, but, you know. Oh, he's he a legend. Did, he's a yeah, legend. Especially in that part of the country. Yeah. Tampa to Richmond to Florida. Omaha. Florida. Up to the Midwest, Missouri, the stray animal belt. Yeah. That guy. Man, I can't believe you don't Gary Mickey. Dude, I'll tell you this. Gary got the best story ever, man. He had, you know, Gary used to carry a bunch of tickets with him in his pockets, and he'd give them out to people for stuff around town for free stuff. 
You know, he'd be like, Oh, yeah, you go to a restaurant? Yeah. I never pay for food with Gary. Well, I would end up paying for food. He would say, Well, he's going to treat me. The guy wouldn't, the manager would not accept the tickets. And then I had to pay for the dinner, right? <laughs> oh, wow. So. <laughs> So no, Gary, he always had the tickets. One night, Gary gets a couple milkshakes from the um, McDonald's, right? And uh, he gets one for now and one for later, dude, you know. <laughs> and uh, and so he's walking across his parking lot. This is in Cincinnati, and they had got a couple of black girls fighting, right? So he goes over there to watch and polish off one of the shakes, right? So the problem is he gets a little too close with his phone he starts filming them you know so he's holding one hand one milkshake in his hand the other one pressed against his chest watching these ladies fight he gets too close they turn on him and start coming after him right now he starts running his pockets are full of all those tickets that he uses free gives tickets out. for the it pulls ball. his shorts down now he can't run and he's got two shakes dude and these <laughs> girls beat fucking Oh, you see he got beat up? Oh, they beat a shake and four fists right out oh, of his wow. ass, bro. And the whole time he was trying to, he was getting beaten, but also trying to hold on to the shakes like Double Dare. Remember oh Double God. Dare? Yeah. Yeah, bro. That was great kid slimed. Yeah, oh, he got fucking smacked up. Double Dare's real. Oh, it's Lizard a- Jackson? I still have questions <laughs> oh, yeah, about, but Double Dare was a real show. <laughs> well, look up, look up BJ and let's see if that's a person, man, because that's who we're missing. He played for the Bulls. There well, you go. What was, uh, uh, Okay, yeah, when Gary, when the Funny Bone opened in Cincinnati, which was in Newport, Kentucky, uh, back in like 2004, he hired a relative of mine that he didn't know was a relative of mine. And I go, he goes, yeah, man, I got this young girl, man. She's like hustling tickets and she's out in the streets and she's moving shit. And I told Gary, I go, uh, that's my cousin? I go, she's, she's on drugs, dude. I go, she's, she's going to rip you off eventually. And he, go, he goes, I don't know, but them crackheads can move some tickets. Wow. <laughs> it's like, it was my cousin that was living on the street. Like, I was That's like, crazy. dude. crazy. He'll get anybody, I man. I was like, Gary. And then when she showed up, she was like, Gary. <laughs> I was like, okay. I don't know how she's getting them tickets out there. He's a hustler, man. You're gonna, I was like, and the clientele showed. <laughs> it was a lot of her friends. <laughs> like Tuesday nights at the Funny Bone. Ooh. <laughs> oh. They weren't moving a lot of food. Sounds like a lot of, yeah, I was saying, <laughs> like a 12-step meeting. Um, Gary Owen, thanks so much for coming and joining us, man. We really appreciate it, bro. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy never closes. Like, no, thank you, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Try being on time next time, Theo. Now I'm just floating on the breeze And I feel I'm falling like these leaves I must be cornerstone Take a little time for me to set that parking brake and let myself all wild shine that light on me. I'll sit and tell you my stories. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. 
Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Charmaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.